Hey, who fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 140. One day, I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant, yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy-do, you fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week. But you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. And that you've not been standing on thin ice. Whee. Whee. <laughs> You're on thin ice, my pedigree chums. <laughs> All right, Governor. All right, Governor. <laughs> Coming up in today's show, a little bit of news, mainly around ratings and figures and stuff, as mm. we go through Series 10, plodding along nicely. Yes. Uh, some merch, and then on to our review of Thin Ice. Mm. So we've taken a week to mull it over. So somebody asked me the other day, uh, guys, I always look out for your review after the episode. So how come you don't change it and do your, and give us your review? I said, well, there's a good reason for that. One, we don't want to because our show goes out on a Friday yeah, and it would be really timey-wimey for us to, to give you a review of the show before it goes out on the telly. That would be a bit naughty. That'd be crazy. Naughty. Naughty, yeah. And second of all, um, yeah, it does give us a chance to watch it a few times. Um, I think the episode that went out before the pilot, I think I mentioned that sometimes it's very easy to, once you've seen an episode fresh when it's gone out, Mm. um, it's very easy to jump online or whatever and go, oh, it was this or it was that. Yeah. Because you're in the moment, you know. I think if you just leave it a few days, Watch it a few times and then you give a, a bit more of a a level, you know, review. So you've you've let the dust settle, you've taken it in, you've watched it a few times, and now you can you can go through it. And also, Adam's never here to watch them. No. <laughs> so that's another Although thing was, as well. <laughs> I was thinking because we used to was it series eight uh, or series nine? Because we did have um, we did used to get previews of the episodes, didn't we? About a week before they went out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it was a BBC previews and um, I forget if it was series eight or nine now. And it was a bit of a double edged sword that because I think uh, if you agree with me that when we first got that, it was very exciting to get the episode before it was on TV. So we're like, oh, I've seen it already. But I'm also, like you just said, not very good at keeping my reactions under wraps. So <laughs> I was like desperate to talk about them as soon as I watched them. And also, I don't know why, but very often my opinion would change a lot from mm-hmm. our preview watch to to actually watching it on the tv um for whatever reason so for example like um must have been series nine because i remember heaven sent uh really didn't like that 
that's the one with the doctor on his own, isn't it? Yes. In the yeah, uh, yeah I really remember watching the preview of that about a week before I went out and thinking, oh, I just don't get this episode. This is just this is just boring. It's going round and loop. Then sort of so sort of thinking that was going to be my opinion of it. And then we watch it again when it goes out, and I was just like, it's like watching a totally different episode and I, I don't know why so sometimes it is good like you said to let it all sink in over the week and um i think i said last week i always like to give an episode at least two watches before um before we go into the review yeah just yeah. to see because quite often your opinion can change sometimes you love something on a first watch and then on a second watch it can fall apart and vice versa so yeah Absolutely. like it's good to let it yep. sink in um unfortunately this week yes i have only seen thin ice once i got to watch it last night yeah. um uh, because i've been swanning around paris with my flowing doctor who fourth doctor scarf oh i saw your <laughs> pick actually you found the doors oh, didn't you yeah yes i did I did scarroff's chateau or scarlione's <laughs> chateau um yes i did um and for anyone that listened to last week's podcast where I was saying what a nightmare i was actually joking saying oh i bet it would be a nightmare trying to get a picture of no one in the background I couldn't have been more right. If you look on Google Earth, it looks like a nice little back street. It's a bit mm -hmm. off the beaten track in Paris. So I was like, yeah, hopefully it'd be a quiet street. That's probably why they chose it as a location. It could not have been busier. <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. And I was just I was just stressing out my box. It was it was <laughs> I was trying to film. Um and I was trying to get like the, the picture and it was it was almost impossible to get that picture with no need because it's now the actual building is now uh, a big chanel shop right. so it seems to so it, and they've got as you as you look through the doors those great big doors to you know the yeah. chateau you've now got chanel in great big like four foot letters right in the middle of it excellent um so people all stood having their pictures there and there's loads of people going in the shop and it was an absolute nightmare and i don't know how my partner did it well Basically, what I had to do was he he just kept I just I said to him just keep taking just keep taking just keep taking <laughs> and we'll we'll salvage it somehow, um, and yeah, I managed to get one with like one person in the corner, so I sl slightly cropped them out of the picture, so I just about managed it, but um, but it it couldn't have been busy. I mean, it was almost like uh, it was almost laughable because it was probably the busiest street we went down in Paris. I mean, we went we went all over Paris. You yeah. know, getting all the locations and and uh, filming them all and stuff and um, yeah, and it was all going okay until we got to that street, which I thought was going to be nice and easy, but it, it was a an unmitigated disaster. But I did <laughs> I did get I got the picture and I got the footage and and although I was really stressed at the time because I was saying to me of half, I was like, oh god, you know the video that was the main point of the video and oh it's a nightmare. It, looking back on it, actually, it makes the video a bit more interesting because it's you can just see what a nightmare I'm in the middle of trying to trying to film. So actually, a little bit of uh, alteration and and it's yeah managed to get that picture. So I was very pleased and um, I I don't know when I'll get the video edited, but I'm genuinely so excited uh, about this video. Really, really excited because I I got pretty much everything I wanted to film. So I went around all the locations pretty much uh, from City of Death. Um, got them all filmed, got little jokes and quotes in there and stuff. So I'm really, really pleased what I managed to get. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, me and my partner are probably getting divorced now because I think I completely ruined the holiday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought it was just going to be easy. I thought we'll just go out there and while we're in Paris, I'll just do a little bit of filming here, a little bit of filming there. It'll be all be cool. And then I forget that it, it, it actually takes longer 
than than you think. Like Always. for example, yep. trying to do the intro in front of the Eiffel Tower, I had to do it about oh, probably ten times more, maybe, um, because they have loads of street sellers. Anyone who's ever been to Paris will know they have loads of people going around jangling their yeah. Yeah. Eiffel Tower trinkets, and it's just it's everywhere, isn't it? And mm-hmm. you've got people that just come up to you and start drawing you, which is really weird. Have you ever had that? Yes. They just start drawing you. Yep. Yeah. And then and then to sell, to sell the picture to you. And you're like, you know, well, I don't want it. But they carry on anyway. So we were trying <laughs> to do the intro and we're just getting all these people coming up and just total, total um, nightmare of interruptions. And it was it was quite a stressful little shoot, I have to be honest. But I'm so pleased what I managed to get out there, mate. I can't, I don't know when I'll get the video edited, but I can't wait to, to <laughs> actually get out there. I'm so chuffed what I managed to film, but... It's but difficult. it was not. Yeah. It was not the. Yeah, it was not easy. I had to be honest, and it was mm. quite quite stressful. I felt really bad because I thought I was completely ruining our little trip away in Paris. But it all turned out good in the end. Uh, nice one. It, you're looking yeah. forward to the video. The pic looks good though. You managed to nail the pose pretty well. The Tom Baker. And yeah. The <laughs> pose. <laughs> yeah, I was just stood there for ages like that. I think anyone walking past um, would have just wondered what on earth was going on. They probably thought I was like one of those street um, people, you know, the people that just stand and, and pose and you oh, expect yeah. to throw yeah. money at you. You know, like the guys who sit on the, they look like they're levitating, don't they? Oh, like, yeah. like yeah. the street artists. They probably yeah. thought I was one of those. So I was just stood for ages <laughs> doing that Tom Baker pose. Um, but no one threw any money at me, so it obviously wasn't very good. So obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool mate. it was good i mean it was yeah as i said it was all good in the end and uh yeah very pleased with what i got but of course it did mean um i didn't get to watch dot two but do you know what the the crime of it is we actually in our hotel room had a television that had bbc one. Oh no and you I still didn't watch it well it, <laughs> because because i'd already kind of taken over the holiday <laughs> i felt a little we were sort of we'd done the filming on the first day and I was aware that Doctor Who was on in about a couple of hours, but because, as I said, I'd already dominated the holiday, I didn't like to say, can we go back to the hotel now? So watch Doctor Who? Because, you know, of all the stress of the filming in front of the off tower on the first day, I was like, that's it. We don't have to worry about any more filming today. Let's just relax. And, I'll, you know, we'll go and have a nice meal and chill out and stuff. And we took a nice walk along the Chandelier and all that. So it's all lovely. But the whole time, yeah, I was thinking... Doctor Who's on and I could actually be watching it but I didn't <laughs> want to say because I'd already taken up enough of the holiday of my stuff so yeah. no I didn't get to see it but again a little bit of me was dying inside knowing it was going out and we're there an hour ahead as well so it was like it was eight o'clock out there that, that it would have been going out so mm. yeah but no I didn't get to see it there um but I did watch it last night and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to getting into a review of it actually I was could see so much positivity for her as well because I did check in mm-hmm. on Twitter afterwards just to see what the overall reaction was and i'd scheduled a few posts on the facebook stuff just to get a feel, feelers out there and i could see a lot of positivity for it which was um which was nice to see so yeah i was, I was very much looking forward to getting back and watching it last night good yeah. stuff good. yeah looking forward to seeing what you thought of it later indeedy mm. yeah um but you did let yourself down a little bit there mate why you should have what would have been perfect is around sort of four or five o'clock oh is it you as my stomach's feeling a bit iffy, mate. <laughs> I wouldn't have got away with that. It is a little bit. And then just plant the seed early. And then it gets to sort of seven o'clock. Oh, my stomach. I know we've just eaten, but oh, crikey. I think I need to lie down. <laughs> Back in a hotel room. Oh, oh, they got BBC One. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it when I was flicking through the channels because it was channel 61. So I went through, I literally went through 61 channels because I was going through them all. I was thinking, you know, I doubt it, but I'll keep going, keep going. And then it got to channel 61 and it came up BBC One. I was like, no way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I, yeah, I could have tried that little trick. It sounds like you've done that before. <laughs> well, you've got to plant the seed. You can't just you've got out to, of the blue, just like, oh man, I'm feeling, yeah. I've got to go and lie down in front of I, the telly. This is, yep. I think after the, I think after the stressful filming in front of the hotel, I think if I'd have dared mentioned Doctor Who after that. I think I would now be floating at the bottom of the uh, Chandelise <laughs> River. <laughs> I honestly don't think I dared mention Doctor Who again after the after the uh, hijacking the entire morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no, it's cool, mate. It's all good. But um, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. I've just been swanning around Paris and uh, wearing my Doctor Who scarf. It, it felt, I don't know if this sounds weird, but it felt really cool. Like I felt like I was the doctor <laughs> just wearing the scarf and swanning around these locations like where I knew Tom had been. Yeah. I loved it. I, I was a bit in my, I was a bit in my own little world for, for a lot of it, which, cool. uh, which cool. will probably come through in the video. Yeah. I have a little um, badge on as well. My little badge with the painters easel, you know, that oh, Tom yeah. wears. I took that yeah. out with me. Um, it's really funny actually, cause all that posing I did uh, in front of that, the, the, the chateau and you can't even see the badge. <laughs> Because of the angle I'm That's at, right. yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, "I'll get all the way out there for that photo." You can't even see it, oh, but I know it. I know it's there. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been up to, mate. And then obviously, I got back yesterday, watched the episode, and um, there was a yeah, there's a couple of little comics waiting for me when I got back, but I haven't really had a chance to do much else. I got back pretty late, so Sweet. not really been up so much. Just come in. I literally come in, dumped my dump my stuff, all my, all the clothes and stuff with, that I got brought back with me, all the rubbish, threw it in the corner got that tv on i was straight into it i tell you i could not wait to get back and watch the nice i was literally thinking about it all the way back i just i just couldn't wait to go and watch it which is great actually because you were saying earlier we're rolling along nicely now into series 10 aren't we we're three episodes in and it's it's a really don't know about you but i've got this lovely glow around this series i've got a nice buzz i actually really look forward to watching it every week again um and i I know i said this before but that had slightly waned i hate to say it but that slightly waned hadn't quite got the excitement um for series nine but this series i'm just again i couldn't wait to get it on couldn't wait to see it so yeah looking forward to chatting through with you on that one later indeedy uh i would say it's probably a good time to land the tardis and go through some news news First up, we're going to talk figures again. And figures. Ratings. Yep. Do you know, um, I got a bit excited when I saw you'd put Smile Figures confirmed on the list because I thought it might be an actual action figure of the <laughs> uh, emoji bot. I was like, oh, have they announced an emoji bot while I've been away? That's but no, it's, yeah. it's, I, it's got a camera. That's set, coming. Yeah. Yeah. But no, these are different figures, aren't they? They are. These are viewing figures. Mm. So like we did with the pilot, after the initial overnight figures, we've now got the 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 proper figures from the overnight plus the seven days downloaded and watched and all that stuff. Mm. So the pilot, that was number 10, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yes, it, it was, was, wasn't it? Yeah. So it has slipped down a wee bit since mm. then. 
So we're now at position 23 out of 30. And so the overall confirmed figures are just shy of 6 million, so 5.98, which is still respectable. It's it is. still good because the only, the main, we, we beat EastEnders and Emmerdale, didn't we, with the pilot? But, yeah. Yeah, but Corey was still up there. But, you know, both of those have now gone back up above us. So if you think about it, the reason why we're 23rd in the list is because um, the Coronation Street accounts for like five, you know, out of, you know, it, it occupies five entries in the list. Yeah. EastEnders has five. So that's like every show, Monday to Friday, for those guys. So they take up 15 places in the list, which is why it seems like it's quite a long way down. But if you think about it, they're just three shows. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not that bad. Um, and it's not too far down. I think the pilot got, what, six point something million overall? Six point... Eventually, yeah. 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 So it's not too far off. It just seems like it's a lot way down. But at least we beat all round to Mrs. Brown's. Hey! Because they, you know, that beat us before. But yeah. still respectable, mate. Still pretty good. Um, and I think the 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 appreciation index number, whatever it is, uh, was relatively high as well for this mm. one. I think it was eighty odd again, uh, eighty four, yes. which is good because I think the other one was eighty three. Yeah, I believe no, so. it's, it's it's all very positive stuff. As I said, like if you put it into context, because like like you just said, if you look at this list now, you're thinking twenty oh, three. Oh, it's a bit low. It's not at all actually. It's very good. Hmm. Um, and it's up on so far. It's up on last uh, the last series. Series nine, isn't it? So, yeah, it is very good. Um, in slightly not such good news, but we did have a slight drop. So we got the overnight figures for thin ice so they they have taken a little bit of a drop um so it was 3.76 million uh for the overnight on thin ice and once again this this will go up but putting it into context um you know it's it's still a decent figure because it, it's fourth watched on the day yeah so it's yeah. still very good um it just it sounds quite low like you said when you put it into comparison to something like britain's got talent which got eight point 27 million on the day so yeah it's a bit lower um and it is a bit of a drop which is a shame but it's um but again it will it will go up and in terms of the overall picture uh doctor who's still doing very very respectably indeed i yeah. think it's the way to put it so yes and before we go any further i must apologize a bunch of people have turned up outside my house with really loud chainsaws it sounds like so apologies oh, really? if you can hear that through my mic anyways uh, I thought that was here because bizarrely, <laughs> you don't think they've come for us, do you? Because bizarrely, uh, there are a load of chainsaws in the house um, across the road from me. Like literally, it's sort of next door, really. Uh, so I don't know why everyone's coming at us with chainsaws this morning, but uh, that's why we go. <laughs> there we go. Anyways, moving on. So yeah, thin ice. Um, uh, it is a dip down from mm. what we've seen previously, but still good though. Still very good. Yes. Yes. Yeah, still very good. Uh, lastly, in the news, this is interesting. This one was cool. So. Uh, this Saturday, when Knock Knock goes out, mm. um, the BBC are going to put a special um, audio edition out on, on iPlayer um, straight afterwards. And it's called a binaural edition. Now, I've not heard of this before, but mm. it sounds very good. So, situation is thus. Um, on, this is only on iPlayer. This is uh, the, the show that goes out on BBC One. That's going to be the normal audio mix and everything. But um, So... The BBC say um, that the binaural is a method of sound reproduction that is intended to replicate the way the human brain understands sound to give the listener a natural uh, an experience as possible. 
So it says, rather than using a series of speakers to reproduce the soundscape, um, this process records sounds using just two microphones separated by the width of a human head. So when listening through headphones, the effect is to replicate the sound going into each ear, giving the listener effect the effect of actually being in the room where all the sound is recorded. How cool is that? That's very cool. I so, have never heard of this before, me this either. method. I think no. it's a great idea. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah. So this is going to go out just on iPlayer at 10 past mm. 8 on Saturday. And you have to, you can't just stick it on your TV and think, well, this is rubbish. You have <laughs> to listen to it through headphones. That's the whole point. Because I can imagine yeah. loads of people putting the iPlayer app on their TV, whatever, and it's like, eh, this sounds dreadful. Uh, so it's going to be an iPad or a laptop job. Or if you've got some fancy headphones for your TV, that'll work. But this sounds really cool. Really going to check this out. It's a really good out. idea, isn't it? How nice to have, a, you know, something different. Um for an episode as well i'm very surprised they're putting it on on the iplayer and oh it is on the bbc iplayer yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm surprised it's not not on the iplayer itunes but yeah no i think that's a really good idea i'm I'm not much of a fan of the bbc store because of the way they operate it but but i I think Ireland might give that a go it sounds sounds really cool Mm -hmm. yeah yes and you can they've got a a a sort of test clip if you like Mm. on the on the on their doctor who website if you go to bbc.co.uk slash blogs slash Doctor Who. You'll see it on there. It's called Enjoy Doctor Who with Immersive 3D Sound. And you'll be able to see a little bit of a a write-up on there and a test clip. So if you've got headphones, you can listen to it there. But it's all very cool. It is, especially as this week's episode looks really creepy. Mm. Uh, And I can imagine if you were listening to it as if you're in the room, that that could be quite effective. Um, Yeah, I think I might might give that a download, actually. I'm quite quite intrigued by it. Yes, we shall indulge. Mm, yeah and we'll let you guys know next week what our verdict is on that but it could be something very cool to to watch you know as a, and a good excuse if you like to watch it a second time so when it's gone out on mm. the tv that's your first viewing and then should we go and do something no because viewing number two is coming up now love so i need my ipad <laughs> and my headphones so <laughs> there we go yeah, I'm loving the look of the creature or whatever this thing is for next week like the, the picture that goes with this article it's that sort of wooden slightly weeping angelish style mm-hmm. creature that's in this week's episode that's creeping around this um door or whatever i'm very excited actually for this week's this is the david Suchet episode isn't it it is yeah very yes. excited for this week so yeah that's a that's a very very nice little um surprise from the bbc there look forward to that indeedy um yeah. talking of surprises surprise should we get our metal <laughs> friend in who's going to surprise us with some merch has he got some? Has he gone there? Bring him in. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Right. So, first up in the merch. <laughs> um, Matthew Waterhouse or Andrick fans, there is a new DVD out uh, oh, of Matthew Waterhouse. Christ. Here we go. Being interviewed, yeah. Here we go. The, What's this about then? Well, this is from <laughs> um, Myth Makers, who, who have been around for a long time actually producing Doctor Who. Uh, what, what would you call it? Not un- well, I suppose unofficial or interview DVDs and um, convention DVDs over the years. They've been around for a long, long time. Okay. Um, and they seem to have a bit of a resurgence lately. So they started producing, they started reissuing a lot of the classics. There's a brilliant 
one uh, of Tom Baker walking around the uh, Android Invasion location chatting to Nick Bricks, um, which they recently reissued with some extras and stuff. I mean, the quality of the DVDs is watchable i wouldn't say it's because it's, obviously they are they were sort of independently made so don't go into expecting any sort of um hd picture or anything like that i mean even this one funnily enough like this arrived last week i've actually got this um so this is a new one so they've been reissuing all the back catalog slowly sort of remastered um with extras and they've also started to do a couple of new dvds and this is one of them so the quality i would say sort of fits in with the rest i was slightly surprised i thought because it had been newly filmed it might be a bit clearer in terms of picture quality but it's as if they're still using the same slightly fuzzy i would say camera well, you say <laughs> but that it's, but on yeah. their website it says resolution high definition really mm. um is that well, a bit of an over are they reaching wow. a bit far there I well, one of the first things that struck me when I put the DVD in was, oh, quality is still not very good from these guys. In terms of the picture, I mean, it's watchable. It's a bit like, um, I would say it's sort of YouTube quality. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's just a little bit, it's not very sharp. Um, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's my TV. Maybe it's because my TV's stretching, because I do have my TV set to widescreen, which does stretch the picture. Maybe well, it's my TV, but yeah. Well, here's the problem. Sorry, mate, before you get on to your sort of more general... Uh, view on these but they've kind of yeah so the fact that it's released on just a dvd would suggest that it couldn't be in hd anyway oh right okay because dvd is standard definition isn't it so yeah yeah just bear that in mind like adam says it's probably going to be very it's like youtube at 480p it sounds like to me uh, yeah i was gonna <laughs> say i'm uh do you know i've got a friend um who sort of really good at, at these sort of things and i was sort of wishing he was watching because he's a massive dot two fan as well and i was thinking oh, i really wish johnny was sat next to me watching this because i could turn to him and say why is this so grainy when it's a new production and he'd be able to say well uh, they've obviously used a so-and-so camera haven't they it's filmed in blah 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 mm -hmm. and you know because i kept thinking all the way through it's perfectly watchable um sound is good and it is quite an interesting interview with him to be honest because matthew waterhouse is quite honest to be, on, um, to be honest with you, when being interviewed, he doesn't really shy away from saying what he means. Um, so in that sense, he's quite candid yes. um, when yeah. asked about things. Um, so it's a fairly good interview with him. I mean, the, the interviewer who's talking to him does sort of ask him about, um, you know, like, did this really happen? Uh, you know, what was Tom and Lala like? Was it awkward being around them when they were mm -hmm. going through their, you know, sort of divorce or, or not getting on? And and Matthew's quite honest. So it does make for an interesting watch. Um, the only thing I would say is it it's quite long. Um, okay. So I did watch it too hard. So not necessarily a bad thing because you're getting more for your money. But I did find it got an hour in. And I was thinking, okay, this has been good, but I think I'll watch the rest later. And then it was about another... 45 minutes so it's quite a long interview with him um and there's a few extras on, on there uh the thing that appealed to me was that it's filmed at the location of um black orchid they've taken him oh, back right. to uh buckhurst park or something like that oh, okay yeah um so that's quite nice he gets to walk around and say oh this is where nissa and and tegan were you know dancing in the rain pretending they're having a nice time so it's quite nice to see him walk around that location and he goes back to the cricket pitch um and talks about how Peter was um, slightly annoyed that he said that he wasn't a very good cricketer in his book when actually Peter considers himself to be a, a good <laughs> cricketer. So, so it's quite interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, 
it, it depends whether you're interested in Andrick and Matthew Hauterhouse, really. But he does give you a good insight into what it was like working with Tom and Lala and, and Peter as well. So that makes a quite interesting watch. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite cheap as well. I think it's nine ninety nine, so it's not exactly expensive. So yeah. No, I think, um, yes, I would probably say that you can also, you can buy it from uh, Vimeo on demand as well. Okay. Vimeo. So you can rent it for three quid or you can buy it for six quid. And I believe that it's in HD. It is actually in HD if you watch it online. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, they maybe they filmed it in HD. The, they did. The DVD because, itself yeah. is like a, you know, those when you buy a DVDs um, to, to produce yourself, they've got like the bluey, you know, the disc is kind of blue when you turn it over. Do you know what I mean? Like if you buy a pack yeah. of DVD arts. Yes. It well, looks like one of them. Yes, <laughs> I can see. I mean, it, the reason I'm, I think just to summarise it, I think the reason why it's in DVD and they're not going to sell it as a physical format in HD is because it's quite expensive to put it out on a Blu-ray. Right, right. Well, more expensive anyway. So it's quite cheap and cheerful, isn't it, on a DVD. But they can put it it in HD online. So that's why it says high definition on their website. So if if you stream it or buy it digitally, it will be in HD. And I can see the camera that they use. If you go to the um, uh, time travel... TV website. They've got a few behind the, sh- the scenes snaps as well, and I can see the mm. camera, and it's absolutely HD. Is so it? It's a quite a decent mm. camera and stuff. So, yes. So, you, would you recommend this as um, more of a person who's a fan of Adric and of that um, particular story, or is it just for any Who fan? It would be. I would say if you're interested in not necessarily Adric, but if you're interested in that era of the show, because he talks a lot about, you know, that his the stories that he was in rather than Adric himself. So he talks a lot about, you know, what was going on behind the scenes and J and T and and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So if you're a fan of the the era that Adric's in, I think it's quite an interesting little watch. Um, and as I say, the, don't get me wrong, the quality is perfectly watchable. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just because it's a new production, I expected it to be very crystal clear and it, i wouldn't say it's crystal clear on the dvd it's just ah, it's just watchable do you know what i mean because i knew it was a new production i was expecting it to be like sharp and the picture's just a bit fuzzy right um, but I it's perfectly it. watchable and yeah yep. yeah as i said if you're a fan of that that era then um give it a go it's only 9.99 or or cheaper for the download so yeah i'm watching a trailer as we speak oh yeah <laughs> and the quality is very nice actually okay online I'll have to have yes. a look mm. so, myth makers there we go there it is. Next up, our uh, any young listeners or any listeners with um, with kids that want to get them into um, electronics and so on at a young age, you would have remembered a few episodes back now. We we mentioned something called the BBC Micro Bit, mm. and the 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 Micro Bit thing from the BBC is essentially a way of getting young people into things like technology, basically. So computers and coding and electronics and stuff like that and they did a a, a coding one with um capaldi online a few weeks back now which apparently went down very well and mm. they've got a new sort of more physical thing this time so you can build your own sonic screwdriver uh, which looks very cool so um when i first looked at this i thought well that's rather easy because it looks just like you know, a bit of card or even paper almost that you just print out and it's like um, it's like a flat plan of a, you know, a, a box, really, a rectangle. And you cut it out and you stick it together 
and there's a Sonic. And I thought, well, that's rather easy. <laughs> mm. You know, we could all do that. However, it does come uh, with a cool little circuit board and batteries and cables and stuff. And you attach this to the Sonic on the side and it sort of lights up and gives you a different um, pattern, different colors, different lights. Um, and again, at first I thought, well, that's rather simple. You know, it's quite easy to do. But then I thought, well, no, let's look at the the age group that it's aimed at. And if you think about mm. a, a young, you know, a young girl or a young boy, whatever, and they're, they're only about six or seven, maybe eight, whatever it is, how cool would it be to make your own sonic screwdriver that actually yeah. lights up as well? So I thought, yeah, if I just sort of transform myself back into a, to a wee lad, this would be amazing because when, you know, we didn't have this kind of thing when we were younger, mm. you know. So it's a really, really cool one. You can order it from... Uh, where are we? Uh, the micro bit. If you go to uh, the URL is really long, but essentially, if you just do a search for BBC micro bit sonic screwdriver, you're bound to find it. Bound to find it. Um, but I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, but one thing that I noticed on there as well um, is they've got this thing called um, Doctor Who Sonic Anything. All right. And that again, it comes with like a little tiny circuit board and some. Uh, a little battery pack and the little cables and stuff that you need and you plug the cables in the certain bits on the board and stuff. Um, but essentially you can turn anything into a sonic device. So you've oh. got like the little circuit board with the lights and the sound and you can put it on your toothbrush or your sunglasses, um, you know, or a glove, you know, you've got a little sonic glove and stuff. So it's really cool for youngsters who want to play with stuff, but in a, you know, in a way to get them into it that isn't boring. So if you just said to them, here's a little circuit board and some cables, mm. go play, they'd probably be like, um, whatever, you know, where's my games yeah. console? But because it's Doctor Who related and, you know, these things are Doctor Who themed, it's very, you know, it's a great way to get youngsters into that that stuff. So fair play to the BBC for this whole micro bit thing. It is very cool. Mm. And the um, the online coding lessons that they did a couple of weeks back are apparently very good as well so we'll stick links to this stuff in the show notes if you just do a search for bbc microbit doctor who or microbit sonic screwdriver it'll be there but if you've got youngsters or if you are one of our young listeners this would be very cool yeah it, it looks really good i guess i had to ask when you first put on there i wasn't sure what it was because um, i guess it's not really aimed at me um but uh, yeah now you've explained it like you said yeah it's nice it's nice, nice sort of thing Fair play, the Beeb. Fair play. Indeed. Right, it's going to do for much. Mm-hmm. We're going to ice skate our way into our review, which is Adam. <laughs> well, it is, of course, thin ice. Travel into the past, there's got to be rules. If I step on a butterfly, it could send ripples through time. Yeah! Regency England. A bit more black than they show in the movies. Are there side effects to time travel? Sometimes you see lights under the ice. Stay back! There's something frozen under the Thames and it's eating people. Plan, let's get eaten. The creature will be fed. Have you ever killed anyone? That's quite a question. Mm, I know, yeah. She's got a lot of questions, doesn't she, Bill? She a has. lot of questions. Yes. Yeah. So Thin Ice was, um, don't need to give you the date and time, it was now, recently. <laughs> It was written by Sarah Dollard, who's back mm. from Series 9. Yes. And it was directed by uh, Bill Anderson. So we, we've we got a different director. So um, 
The Pilot and Smile were both directed by Lawrence Goff. So he did the first two. So we're on to a new director now. Um, mm. And it was obviously overseen by The Moth and Brian Minchin. And uh, normal runtime, so 45 minutes. Uh, story is kind of basic on this one. So the Doctor yeah. and Bill land in uh, London, 1814. Uh, to find that the Thames has properly frozen over to the point where people have got market stalls and entertainment and all sorts going on. Uh, however, there is something mysterious going on under the ice, which the Doctor and Bill notice. These strange green lights, people going missing, the usual affair that you would find in the opening of a Doctor Who story. Hmm. Um, it turns out that the the thing beneath the ice is actually being kept there against its will. Uh, because it's producing some kind of valuable... Now, I'm going to choose the word very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's producing valuable um, stuff. Waste. Waste, apparently. Um, and because it's very valuable, that means it's lots of money involved, which means greedy humans, X, Y, and Z. Um, and then along the way... Um, Bill has some very interesting questions yeah. for the Doctor. That's basically the story. Uh, so overall, are we three for three, mate? Or is this one your first clangor of Series 10? Um, I'm very pleased to say we're three for three. I found it very enjoyable. Very enjoyable indeed. Um, I would have loved to have given it a second watch. Um, I mean, I might even watch it this afternoon. I, I found it very enjoyable. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it followed on very nicely from last week's episode. Um, I can't help but notice that the Doctor's hair was a lot shorter um, when he stepped out the TARDIS. I was yep. thinking he's had a very quick haircut from from when they took off and landed. But <laughs> um, no, overall, mate, I, I thought it was good. Um, if I had any criticisms, um, it would be that perhaps, you know, this story of having something trapped underneath the, you know, the Thames just felt a little bit um, unoriginal, a little bit beast below. Um, but that aside, uh, I, I just thought it was a very nice episode. Um, visually, again, beautiful. Um, apart from one effect, and I bet you've picked up on it as well, there was only one tiny visual bit that I thought let it down. Um, but I thought, it, yeah, I thought it looked great. Um, I liked the interaction between Bill and the Doctor again. I thought we're, they're still getting to know each other at this point. Um, and, they, you know, she's getting to see what the Doctor's all about Uh she didn't like it at first, but you know, by the sort of middle bit, she's realizing why he's like he is. And I thought that was quite nicely explored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought there was, there was enough going on in it. Like you said, it's quite a simple story when you break it down, but, um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was good. What about you? Cool. Uh, I very, very much enjoyed it. Oh, good. So we are, yes. Three for three. Three for three. It's, uh, I just thought it was a really, really nice, well-written story mm. in terms of uh, because a, a, for me anyway a good doctor who episode or a story if we're talking about classic who um is just a nice well-written piece of adventure mm. and although this one it was quite contained we were only you know we were either on the thames or we were in a tent or in a, a big house that was it although mm. it's not you know an adventure that's spanning across, you know, all of the galaxy with loads of locations and, you know, lots of characters and action. Um, it was still really good storytelling. So I think Sarah Dollar did a great job of taking something fairly simplistic 
um, and just making a really cool little adventure out of it. Yeah, yeah. Which I, it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's great just to sometimes not have to rely on going, traveling crazy through time and space and loads of characters. It's just nice just to be lost in a story that's mm. all about, you know, this very simple idea of, well, two simple ideas in this one, I guess. It's the, you know, the, the, the poor creature, the big thing that's trapped under the Thames, you know, the whole thing about him being kept there against its will and all that stuff and, mm. and being fed essentially being fed yeah. humans. And the second thing is the, is that continued character integration, you know, of Bill being, you know, firmly planted into, um, the TARDIS team as we call it mm. and really yeah. sort of, progressing that relationship with the doctor and finding out more about him and as a result mm. of that finding out more about bill so i re i've just really enjoyed watching it it was didn't reach my phone at all you know i just no. glued from start to finish it was just great and, uh, and the performances as well I, I think we are coming on i think if we get another few episodes in and this continues it's i would say this is probably going to go down as dare i say it some of the best TARDIS team stuff that we've had since 2005 mm. I would say um, yeah I'm thinking this is so far like you said Touchwood if we carry on like this it's it's up there with um, it's up there with series one in terms of the Doctor Companion relationship and also um, my other favourite uh, the Donna Noble um, it's, it's again it feels like that sort of era again it, it did also did you think it felt a bit quite quite sort of old school it's sort of yeah. the, the episode just it took its time it set out what it what was going on it didn't sort of wasn't sort of fast paced cut 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 you know it wasn't trying to be anything other than just like you said just a story um it, it, I, you know i didn't i'm not saying it's slow i just felt it, it nicely took its time to, to to get going and just map out what was actually happening mm -hmm. and it just flowed really nicely i thought it yes it definitely had a a classic who feel to it. I thought so. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Because back with the well, probably for the majority of the classic who years, they didn't have the luxury of you know, amazing special effects and loads of locations and all that stuff. They had to rely on good storytelling and good scripts um and the performances coming through to to carry those stories because they just didn't have the time or budget, did they, to to bring them to life as much as they like. So exactly. because this one unintentionally had that feel um, where they didn't have to go to, you know, tons of locations and use lots of special effects. I think we only saw, what, a handful of effects in this one? Just mainly the fish, wasn't it? It's just mainly the, the fish, mainly the elephant at the beginning. Maybe. Oh, the elephant, yeah, which was looked good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe just some atmospheric stuff. So it was quite misty mm. and foggy in places and, you know, some of the backgrounds you could tell that, you know, a lot of it was a set, but beyond that, they had to green screen some of the wider location I, shots in and stuff. But um, I was trying to work out what was set and what was real, and uh, which is a good thing actually. Because hmm. so, was the bridge and all that a set, or was that a locate real location? I think that was a set. The bridge. I couldn't. Dis I couldn't yeah, work it out. You know, because I, so. I kept thinking it's it's if it's a set, it's very good. But I think it was a set. Yeah, I mean, you know, the production values I thought were excellent on it, like the costumes as well that you mentioned. You know, it just just looked brilliant. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it just like you said, it felt a bit old school. Hmm. It felt a bit classic. I, I sort of feel like in this series so far, so we're three episodes in, but I feel like A, Peter Capaldi has found his feet. And I think B, the show itself has found its feet again mm-hmm. because it's, as I said, it was just, it wasn't rushing. It wasn't trying to be anything other than just this mysterious show with the doctor and Bill in the middle of it solving what's going on. And I just thought, yeah, we're kind of real back to, you know, back on track with it. I felt yes. back on track with the show. Yeah. Well, three for three. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I'm really like, I'm just saying, I, I think you said it almost relieved. I'm almost like, because <laughs> we did have reservations about the series for lots of reasons. And, and also because it's the series that the moth didn't plan to do. We did kind of wonder if his heart was really in it, but maybe just having to have a step back has been good for him. Maybe he's just kind of let go of the reins a little and stopped trying to do all this crazy stuff he had in his head. And maybe he's just, you know, maybe he's just letting it flow a bit more this series. Cause it certainly feels like it. It does. Mm. And talking about the the sort of feel of the of the episode and so on, let's talk about um, how it looked and direction and stuff like that. Mm. So, again, for me, I think we've gone. We'll we'll come on to your um, view that you had about something that was a bit. Um, oh, there's only okay. one bit, yeah. Um, but I feel that we've taken another step up in production. I, I'm sure we mentioned mm. this in the pilot, but. We've taken another step up from the last series in terms of just how stunning these episodes are looking. Yep. So the pilot um, and smile just look fantastic. It's going to be mm. such, it's going to be great to have this on Blu-ray. Yes, I know. I keep series. thinking I can't yeah. wait to own it already, which is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it also, I don't know, it's, it it. It feels like, you know, we've mentioned this saying a few times on the show about other things. We, we, we sometimes say that the stars have aligned. It, mm. it almost feels like for this particular series, and maybe you can identify this with certain series back in the classic years, but you just have these, well, so far we've been fortunate with three episodes in, but all three of them seem to have this thing where the moth is just on fire with his mm. ideas for this series, both with the Doctor himself and bill with the overall story and so on mm. the whoever's doing the cinematog- cinematography and all that stuff is just nailing it yeah. the editing is just great um murray gold is like changing direction for what we've seen from or heard from him before mm-hmm. which is amazing so it just feels like everything is just falling into place brilliantly for this yeah. series it's almost like the moth has said look i'm going out on this one i don't want any mucking about so before I made compromises for that, I made compromises for that. I'm not doing it this time. I want it mm. to be this way. I want it to be that way. And we're going to do it this way. And you can definitely see that whoever's, well, I assume it's the moth, whoever's running the show, whether it's him or people alongside him, they've said, right, we want this guy to do that because it's really good. We want that guy to do that because he's done great work. So I don't, I don't know. It just feels like everything's come together. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it's just this whole style of this series so far has, has been stunning. Mm. You know, um, I'll, I mean, the, the only, yeah, the, the bit I mentioned, I said there was one bit where I thought the effect looked a bit dodgy was when um, old, what's his name? Who's the guy that the Doctor punches? Sutcliffe, is Sutcliffe. it? Sutcliffe, yep. Yeah, you know, when he, when he, 
when the ice cracked and he sort of fell into it, that that that, that looked a bit dodgy. But that is such a minor <laughs> thing. The rest of the episode just looks great. Oh, I remember you know? that now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yep. the only bit where I thought the visuals looked slightly dodgy. Okay. Um, because I think they sort of stay on it just a fraction too long. It's enough to make you think, no, oh, that doesn't look very good. But God, that's just such a minor criticism in what is an otherwise visually great episode. Mm-hmm. You know, from the costumes to the, you know, to the CGI. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the big guy under the water, <laughs> the big fish. Because we hmm. we do sort of see it, don't we, at the end when he's like swimming off um, and we get to see his big old eye and all that. And we do get to see a bit of him, but we don't really get a whole visual yes. of, that, of that one. Yeah. Um, but the, the little fish, the little fish, you know, when the doctor grabs, gets one and he's holding it. Oh, yeah. That looks yeah. great. I don't know what, I mean, that's, I'm assuming that is a visual prop. That wasn't a, he's, he's holding, yeah, he's actually so. holding that thing, yeah. isn't he? Uh, yes. That's been made. Um, but it looked good. I thought I liked the, you know, I liked the design of it and it, it looked like a proper thing. Um, I hear so, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what's going on. They, they should bring a prop out of that and we can put <laughs> it on the I don't know if I'd want that on the side. It'd be funny to have it floating in a tank. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just, yeah, again, like you said, whoever's doing the design work on this and actually, you know, I'm, you, you've really hit on something there. Now, now you've made me think because, yeah, whoever's in charge of design working out on that is really doing a good job. Because I remember saying when we were watching the Husbands of River Song, how had the designers given up? Do you remember me saying about remember the UFO spaceship and how awful that looked? It just like a kid of two could have drawn it. Yeah. And then you had that terrible thing floating through space now. So like the whole production and design just in that Christmas special was atrocious. It was as if nobody cared. It was it was a joke. Um, so it seems like we've got back to to there being a bit of love injected into the series. Um, I feel yeah yeah. So I think you've 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 hit on something there, mate. Whoever's in charge of this look and style of this series is doing a very good job. Mm, yeah, really cool. So yeah, visually looks stunning. The editing I thought was quite nice as well. It wasn't. Mm. It, because there wasn't loads of action going on all the time. And I think, f- for me, that's what lends itself to a more classic feel when the editing is a bit slower. Yeah. You know, it does slow down a bit. But I think in this one it was it was quite welcome because, and this leads me on something else as well. So in, in this we had, the editing is a bit slower because there are some key conversations that are happening between the Doctor and Bill and when they find the homeless kids and... yeah. You know, so it does slow down a bit. But one thing that I've noticed, and it's happened again in this episode, and you mentioned it as well, where you mentioned something related to it, is that I'm 99% sure that the Moth's kind of mission statement for this series is we've got to make it, we've got to go back to having Doctor Who be about the Doctor Mm. and his companion. Because if you think about it, in the pilot, we had the Daleks, which were used very, very lightly mm. and pretty much just as a little plot device to get them, you know, from, from, you know, to get them in there. Whereas the majority of that episode was about um, the Doctor and Bill. Yeah. Rightly so. And then with Smile, we only have, you know, quite a... Although the emoji robots were in it throughout, the, the actual time that they're in each scene was very short and we only had the humans came, you know, come into the story right at the last, you know, towards the end. The, the, the bulk of the story in the episode was all about the doctor and bill. Mm. And then with this one, like you said, the big guy underneath the Thames, he's only in it for a couple of scenes. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. the rest of the story is, again, all focused on the Doctor and Bill. So mm. it's really good to see, to, to lose some of the baggage sometimes, yeah. which I think, I don't want to take anything away from previous um, series of Who, but especially series seven and eight, or no, series seven and nine, I would say, because the moth piled on so much baggage and so much story arc that it sort of collapses under its own weight sometimes. And you mm. and it goes, it comes away from being about the Doctor sometimes and it becomes more about some other faff that he's thrown mm. in there and so on, like River Songs yeah. banging on about something or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. Whereas this, with Series 10, I'm loving the fact that we've gone back to, it almost feels like the Tom Baker years where it's almost like the Doctor's doing his thing quite, um, you know, quite intent, you know, with everything he's doing. There's no messing around. You know, he's quite strong and he's doing what he's doing and the companion's there and it's all about those guys doing their thing. Yeah. You know, we don't have this... Well, I guess it's a combination of, you know, the, the Pertwee years and the Tom Baker years for me because we feel like the Doctor's not trapped but he's made some sort of promise or oath to stay on Earth. Mm. in a similar way that Pertwee was confined to Earth, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but then we had this Tom Baker style. It, was, it doesn't matter if it was um, Sarah Jane or whoever. It was always about the Doctor and the companion going off and doing stuff. Mm. And I feel like that's what we have here in Series 10. They've stripped away some of all that baggage. Yeah. And, you know, it's evident again in this episode. Because yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it reminds me a bit, a bit of the McCoy era, actually, with just like the Doctor and companion. And I would, there's a little bit of Ace, I think, in in Bill's character. You know, yeah. she's she's feisty. She's willing to stand up for what she think is thinks is right, and she's willing to challenge the Doctor on whether you know what he's doing is right. So I see a little bit of Ace in, in Bill. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, but but I tell you, I just think we've gone back to there's there's fun in this series, and I think a lot of the humour in Series 9 fell completely flat for right. me, personally. Um, like, I'm thinking of all the Ashilda. There was, you know, do you remember that episode with the lion guy, whatever that was? I mean, I just found oh, that right. diabolical. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's supposed to, there was bits in that that were supposed to be funny, and I was just sat there thinking, this, this is dire. You know, this is not fun. Um, but whereas I feel this series... We've definitely, well, in my personal opinion, we've definitely got the fun back. I, I do sit there with a grin on my face <laughs> and the humour does make me laugh. You know, it's it's not forced. Like the bit with the pie, where the doctor nicks the pie and he comes flying out of the, oh, the, yeah. the and he's got, he's got it all the time. And just uh -huh. little bits like that, which I just find fun. So, that, you know, and Nardle coming in at the end, I'm loving Nardle. I know we've only had a tiny bit of Nardle so far in these three episodes, but I'm loving him in it. I am genuinely loving him in it. Like I, I knew he was going to come in at the end with the tray of tea. I knew, I knew that's how they were going to bring that full circle. And I'm so glad they did because it was, it was brilliant the way he's like, well, what have you been doing? And questioning the doctor and, the, you know, again, some lovely lines of dialogue, like the yeah. doctor saying, yes, yeah. I'm wearing my drinking tea clothes. What are you going to do about it? And all that. It, the, the fun factor is just back in Doctor Who for me. And I, I can see from, Twitter and Facebook and the comments we got in that, you know, that a lot of people are feeling the same. And I, yep. you know, that's just a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's great. Yeah. And it's, it, you can definitely tell when an episode is like that because it seems to just fly past. 
and you haven't reached for your phone to check Twitter or Instagram or anything, you're just enjoying the show. Because it is fun. It's a great watch. It's fun to it watch. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. And also, but it's like when she was talking about the Doctor, you know, like when she's not sure about him. You know the scene where the Doctor's reading the story to the kids and then the little girl's saying, have you had an argument? And she's looking at the Doctor and she's <laughs> not sure is she whether she's she's not sure she likes what she's been told about him. And Yes. And then yeah. she gives him the little cheeky sticks her tongue out and you think, okay, they're, you know, they, they're all good. They're, mm-hmm. They've, you know, they've got that out the way now. And yeah, it's just little scenes like that, which are just bonding them as, as characters has, has been sorely missing for a while. And it's, it's really great to have that back in, in the show, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more, mate. It's really that little scene as well that you mentioned. If you think, if you can imagine how that would have been written, if that was Rose or Clara, you know, we would have had a big hissy fit, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would have been loads of attitude and everything. It's like it doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't need to be rosed or clarid. You know, mm. it just needs to be. Well, I think it was done really well just with how it, like you mentioned, where she just looks around, pokes her tongue out. You know, there's no, these, there's not these big mood going on. There's no big grudges. It's just get on with it. It just says it all. And it's it's something we might do as well. If we've had an argument and you think, you sort of, you've got it all off your chest and you look at your other half and just like, you know, you're still trying to be, pretend to be angry, but you can't. So you just go, you know, it's, it's the sort of thing we do. And again, it's, it just makes you think. It's relatable, you know, isn't it? It's relatable. Yeah. You're yeah. there with the character thinking, well, that's what, you know, that's what my other half would do or something. So yeah, you know, in terms of that, it's, 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 it's just great. It yeah. is. Let's talk about, so the whole thing then with being back in London, Victorian mm. times, is it Victorian times? Yeah. No. 1814. Is that Victorian times? Oh, Dale, I'm terrible at these things. I think things. so. So the whole period, anyway, the whole period yeah. sort of look and feel. Being in London on the Thames, the whole Frost Fair thing. What do you mm. think to that? Because I thought it was done really well with what they had because I think there was a little video clip that went out, the BBC put it out on YouTube or something last week or the other day, mm. where the moth was saying that in terms of production values, uh, sorry, in terms of uh, like the cost of production and how they were going to do it, it was a potential nightmare because he started reeling off everything that needed to be in the episode. So we had like the period costumes, we had an elephant, we had the Thames mm. frozen over. How are we going to actually do this in budget? Yeah. Sort of thing? So I think they did it really well because they we didn't have these huge wide shots of London or the Thames that they needed to account for. All we had was like little segments, didn't we? So we had the bit, you know, mm. bits on the bridge. And then when they're actually on the Thames, they cleverly did it in a way that because it was all frozen, it was quite foggy and misty. So they could, yeah. you know, the depth of field only went a certain bit and then they just masked off the rest with the fog and everything. So um, I quite like when Who does sort of history and like the period stuff. It can be quite, can be done really well. One thing I wouldn't say though, is that it wasn't historical per se. No, I wouldn't say so. Because no. I think there was a certain amount of truth in things like um, like the frost fairs that used to happen on the Thames and, and all yeah. that stuff. You know, that's fairly... you know. And Sarah Dollard, she likes to do that stuff, doesn't she? It's clear that she likes the... Because when we had the Trap Street yeah, kind of thing... Yeah, it's a lovely that, idea, that. Yeah, I mean, she, she definitely knows how to go back, you know, a little way into history and pick out these cool little bits that you maybe hadn't read about before or or, or seen. So I, I quite like the whole period thing in this. It's quite cool when Doctor Who goes back 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought it did it well. It's funny because it didn't occur to me about the fact that we didn't really see much of the Thames, um, which is a good sign that they they got it right actually. Because I totally just accepted in my head that that's where they were. They were on the Thames, and I hadn't even sort of thought about the fact that we never really saw saw it apart from that one little bit. So, yeah, they did do that very well, actually. Mm. They re- they realised that quite well. And we do see the very last shot, don't we, of the of the Thames, uh, where the fish is going through. That's, so I think that's the only shot we get where you see a bit more of it, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they did. They kept it just nice and minimal, but enough to to create that that world. And, like, they show it on the map at the start, and the TARDIS is saying danger life or detected or whatever but the doctor's already out of the tardis by that point yeah so yeah. so yeah they built that picture really nicely but without having to resort to massive cgi to you know we're on the thames it's 1814 you know they, they just did it in a nice mm-hmm. small way and it worked totally worked it did yeah yeah and it was um and it did have the whole you know it felt like oliver twisty it did a little bit you know with the little kids pickpocketing people and mm. you know running off and they're in their their little shelter bit and stuff like that so it did feel um very you know quite in a way it felt historically accurate but in another way it wasn't you know a proper historical because it you know it wasn't like the aztecs you know that we'd seen no. the first you know that kind of thing but you know i did um i did worry when the for, when the, the kids come on the first of all I was thinking oh they're not gonna not gonna get some dreadful child <laughs> actors now are we going to bring the episode down and be like all right governor penny for your foot you know I thought, oh no it's not gonna it's not gonna all go downhill is it um but i don't know about you mate but i thought the kids in it were actually fairly decent because we've talked before about our uh, kid actors in doctor who sometimes bring an episode down and um i think last week you mentioned the kid in smile was a bit ropey but uh these these guys the two two that we got to see most of mm. what were they called um spider that, that spider. So spider was the little lad that nicked the Sonic from the Doctor oh, at the well, beginning. He's the, he's the one that goes... He gets taken into the ice, doesn't he? Nah, that was harsh, wasn't it? And do you know yeah. what? I'm so... I mean this in... I don't mean this... It's going to sound really horrible, but I'm glad they didn't bring him back. Um, I'm glad he... I'm not glad he was killed, but in terms of story, because I was so convinced mm-hmm. that he was sort of going to pop up at the end and everything would be all right and... You know, it just showed the the danger of the beast, if you know what I mean. I thought, no, no, he's poor old spider's actually gone. That is it. Because I don't know. Did you think that? I thought, oh, we'll be back later. The doctor's so gonna, so he's so gonna save him or something. You know, he won't be gone. But he actually was. He was. Um, yeah. Yeah, and mm. I like that because it does bring us you know, a darker edge to the episode, which it needs. You know, it's so often in in the Moffat era, they all like they'll pop up at the end and you know appear out of a bush or something alive and everyone's well. And I thought, you know, it's good that we've gone back to that slightly darker tone. And also, didn't you think um, Capaldi's doctor at that point was very series eight, uncaring, not uncaring, but just accepting of he's gone. There's nothing I could do. I need Masonic. A very practically thinking. Yeah. There's again. no remorse there, really. It was just no. very. Um, he says something like, I don't have time. Yes. The remorse or something. Yeah. So it's very um, sort of clinical. It, yeah. You know, there's no feeling there really. Because that's what really gets Bill's back up, isn't it? Is that mm. she's just like, what, you, you were just worried about your Sonic. A little kid has just died in front of your eyes. And she's really like furious about that, isn't she? As we would be in that situation. Yes. Um, and the doctor's just like, again, great performance from Capaldi. 
he's just like, well, look, you know, I've seen, you know, I have to just get on with things because one life will save loads of lives. And, you know, he's so practical at that point and she just can't quite believe it. And I thought, yeah, this is very serious eight Capaldi, um, very serious eight doctor. I thought, which, um, yes. which is good. Cause I, I like, I think Capaldi suits that tougher doctor. Yes. That's what, I mean, that's what the, some of the things that we like about Capaldi's doctor, isn't it? Where mm. he does have that, alien side i suppose he's not yeah, yeah. you know after all he's not he's not human so although he is quite emotionally attached to humans and does you know seem like it in a lot of ways he's still alien isn't he so he's still and he says to her doesn't he i've been around two thousand years you know i've just got kind of learned when i need to accept things and what i've got to do to you know to, to move on and yes. she's, well, you know, because I've just, he's basically saying I've been around the block and I've seen people die and it's not, you know, it's not my first time I've seen somebody die and I just, you know, not that he's learned to cope with it, but he just knows what he's got to do to to get the job done. And she's just a bit shocked by that, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, but it's a good, yeah, I mean, Capaldi handles that scene brilliantly, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, um, you have to sort of remind yourself as well that this is all new to Bill. Yeah. Because it feels like she's been around for a long time not a long time. It feels around. She's. It feels like she's been around for longer than just three episodes, because she's so natural with it and she's so great. You know, this sometimes you forget that everything that she's seeing is a first. You know, with the exception of the, inside the TARDIS. Mm. You know, so all these, um, like the way that the Doctor is in some circumstances, and this being one of them, where somebody's died and he's not really. You know, she, you know, she's begs him pretty much, and she's like, "Save him!" Mm. And he's like, "I can't." You know, like you said, he just wanted, he needed his Sonic. The kid's gone. Nothing we can do about it. But there we go. So yeah. that's all new to Bill. She's never seen anything like that at all. So, and yeah, we'll come she starts on to, thinking, yeah. "Who is this guy?" You know, mm. that I'm traveling with. I've taken him a bit on first-hand impressions, and actually, there's a lot more to him that I don't know. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, um, we'll come on to Bill though in a little while. But she, um, yeah, yeah. Blimey, she was good in this one. Yes, very good. Um, so the whole London thing, the period piece is all good. So in terms of like the wider story, it's about greed, essentially. Did you get that from it? So yeah, the, this greedy Lord Sutcliffe guy, he knows mm -hmm. that this big thing's waste, if you like, is essentially going to replace coal. So coal, you know, if you, if you sell coal, if you're a person that owns or a company that owns, you know, mine shafts, you know, mine for coal you're very rich so this stuff can what is it it can burn underwater yeah so this is where I'd, this is yeah. where i wish i'd got a chance to watch the episode twice because there were bits like that i i think that's what you said isn't it that yeah. it, it can even underwater so or it can burn underwater and it can burn mm -hmm. a lot hotter for a lot longer so essentially a good replacement for coal so he knows that you know by flogging it you know giving it the sales pitch he's going to be like hugely rich you know, and, and I'm just smiling because I'm thinking of the table all <laughs> laid out with them all chopped up nicely, like little chocolate brownies. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. again, I you know, on, I wish again, I wish I'd been able to watch this a second time because on the first watch, I was paying attention, but I was thinking, so are they lumps of poop? <laughs> so I was like, am I following this story right? You know, but they—that's that's essentially what they are, aren't they? They're Basically, little, yes, neatly yeah. chopped up piles of fuel. Yes, um, and it's a it's a and it's one of the um uh, when i when i first when i watched it for the first time i thought to myself it would have nice to have seen a bit more of this Sutcliffe guy 
Yeah. Because we do have, it, it's just your run of the mill, you know, very greedy person in, in who, you know, so he doesn't, you know, all he's there is for the money, but it's really bad because in order for this thing to produce the waste, it has to be fed. So he's feeding it humans, which is obviously really bad. So it all boils down to just, you know, good old human greed, basically. Um, but then afterwards, I thought, when I watched it the second time, I thought, well, we don't really need to know much more, really. He's just a wealthy guy who's very greedy. And that's it. We don't need to yeah. know all of his backstory or, you know, why he's doing it and so on. It's just money. It's greed and money. Um, which the episode sort of boils down to, really. Yeah. And he's he's quite he's been in a few things, that guy, isn't he? Nicholas burns yeah I, I, it's kind of recognizable i wouldn't say he's like a major actor but i have seen him in in a few shows um over the years um but it, yeah i'm agree with you i i i've only seen it once but i thought oh perhaps we should have seen a bit more of him but then again like you just said was there much more to know about him he's just a not a particularly nice piece of work and um and he thoroughly deserves that punch <laughs> that the doctor gives him. That was a that was a funny scene actually because obviously the doctor's laying it down to Bill, isn't he? Saying, "Look, this needs you know this needs tact and leave it to me." And as soon as he's saying all that, you think, "Well, I know what's coming. He's he's about to wallop him." Um, you know, which which yeah, I think we were all behind the doctor at that point when he was of course doing that. Yeah, because yeah. there is again there is this slight. Um, is it subtle? I was going to say there is a bit of a race theme in this episode as there well, is. isn't there? It's a bit yeah. of a racial, racist. No, not racist, but it's dealing with racism. Yes. Uh, this yeah. episode because of the you know the time that they're uh, that it's set in and stuff. So they do. I wouldn't say it's in your two in your face. They just it's it's there and it makes you think a little bit uh, along the way. I would say. Yeah. Well, Bill's quite surprised, isn't she, when they arrive at that time, that year, and she's surprised by the amount of people of colour. Yeah, you know, walking around London, she's quite surprised by it. Yeah, um, and he, blooming chainsaws are going again. I'm very sorry. Um, Can you, I was gonna say the same here. Right? <laughs> Can you hear it? It's awesome. We're having a day full of chainsaws and working. <laughs> it's great. That's the podcasting. chainsaw massacre. <laughs> That's podcasting for you. Anyway, so yeah, Bill's quite surprised, isn't she? That there's a people of colour, but that scene where the doctor gives that guy a proper wallop. I think we all cheered for the doctor in a small yeah. way, you know, yeah. because because Bill doesn't seem too bothered by it, because you know it's no. you know that's that's dealing with race, I guess, you know, in everyday life. But the doctor's very he's not having it, is he? The bit I would know he's not having it at all, and and the bit um, I would love to watch again because I really don't know what the doctor said, but I know it was beautiful. There is a bit after that where he talks about life and what does he say? Because there is a beautiful speech from Capaldi yes. very yep. shortly after that scene. And I remember um, just saying, thinking, God, he's so good at these little speeches about humanity and life. He just delivers them with perfection. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I wish I'd gone back and either watched that scene again or had time to watch everything again. But what does he say? Because it is, it's, Or what is he talking about? Because you know the scene I mean, though, right? It's a beautiful little speech from the doctor about you know you you don't think that's precious but and i'm sure the listeners know the bit i mean it yeah, was just it was yeah. beautiful it yeah. was very short very poignant to the point and just delivered with perfection by peter capaldi yeah it wasn't one of those big scenes like we had in like the zygon inversion or you know oh no no it, no, no, no but it, it was the it, the it was still very important and it's just that yeah. one of those nice moments again between the Doctor and Bill. Yeah, it's just delivered beautifully. 
Mm. And, and her reaction to it, wasn't it, as well, builds seeing that side of the Doctor, especially after mm-hmm. what the confusion from what he's told of, you know, a few moments before. And she's now seeing this other side of the Doctor and realising, you know, more about what he is all about and all that sort of stuff. It was a very, very important little scene, I thought. Yeah. And it goes back to those moments and scenes between the Doctor and Bill. It's that continuation of their relationship, which mm. is so important. Um, as we go through the series, because she's brand new to it all. Yeah. So she's, like I said, she's going through all these emotions and stuff for the first time. So she's getting to know the Doctor and more, you know, what he's about. I don't think anybody will truly know the Doctor. I'm going a bit off here and a bit deep, but mm. I don't think anybody will truly know the Doctor 100%. But it's it's really cool when you see a new companion sort of going through the motions for the first time. Mm. And those little scenes are key, really, because otherwise... It's difficult to be relate. It's difficult to relate if you just sort of go through it, paint by numbers. Yay, time machine! Go here, go there, adventure, go home. Yeah, you know it's difficult to relate to that sometimes. But when you have those nice little scenes where you think, actually, yeah, you know, I would need to hear that from the doctor if I was in that position, or I would mm-hmm. react that way. So, yeah, yeah, very nice little scene. Let's talk about some characters. So the supporting cast then. So let's talk about the kids. Like you said, not bad acting. No, it was all right. Guys. Yeah. We've didn't absolutely stand out seen as worse. terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't stand out as terrible. That's a nice way of saying they were okay. Yeah, yeah no, they were I think they, they they did the job, let's put it that way. They weren't they weren't the best. They certainly weren't the worst. They just were, were fine. Yeah. They didn't they didn't stand out like a sore thumb like um some have in episodes let's put it that way what was that i always forget the there's no surprise to anyone but i always forget the name of the episode where those two kids were in it It was a cyberman oh it was the nightmare in silver nightmare in silver oh dear oh dear it was definitely not oh, that dear. level of oh, annoyingly bad archie and what were they called <laughs> i can't oh. even remember god one day you know we haven't reviewed that well one we've got that to come one yay day. yay <laughs> they were dreadful they were awful. So it wasn't that. It were, well, it was quite. They were likable. Let's they put it that likeable. way. They might have yeah. been the best actors, but they were certainly likable. They weren't bratty, and you, you know, like when a poor old spider dies, you did feel a bit sorry for him, even though he was a little, little tinkering thief, nicking the old Sonic there. Little tinker. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I thought, yeah, like you said, they were quite likable, and um, the 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 girl that's, I guess, is sort of looking after him a little bit. Uh, Kitty, her name was. Kitty, um, yeah. She had a, a nice couple of scenes with Bill. Yes, so actually, was, I really like the scenes with her and Bill. Yeah, yeah. so she was quite cool. Um, and then the the poor little lad, Spider, meets his untimely his untimely demise as he gets swallowed up into the ice. Mm. Uh, that scene was actually quite um, was actually quite bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite dark. It was quite dark, but it was quite. Oh, I don't want to say it was quite good though, in a way. I know that's what I was trying to say earlier. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I don't want poor little spider to die, but yeah, it was. I was quite good that they they did actually have the, you know, what to actually do it and yes. not say, oh, it's yeah. okay, he's all right, really. It's just in the, just in the fish's belly, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. or I thought he was going to use the sonic somehow, and you know, I don't know. I just thought he was going to come back, and he didn't. And mm. yeah, I just thought, okay, yeah, the. It's a brave move. I like it. Mm. Mm. And then the other little kids, they were they had little lines, didn't they, here and there? But yeah, they were okay. They were 
Yeah. Acceptable they... child acting in Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we had the, uh, before we got on to um, Lord Sutcliffe, we had his two minions, didn't we? We had his two thugs. Which oh, those of, guys. Yeah, I forgot about them. They yeah. sort of rough handle the Doctor and Bill for a little while and mm. time up and so on. But um, they also played into the hands of like the, the evil, wealthy person not getting his hands dirty, literally. So when yeah. when they're trying to track down who's um, kidnapping the kids to feed to the big fish, if you like, the only thing that they can sort of describe is someone with a tattoo of a ship on their hand. That's right. Um, and it turns out to be this guy, doesn't it? These two goons employed by Mr. Sutcliffe. I like- what, were, what were the... Um, that's just made me think, actually, because... Because I didn't get to really watch it properly again. But what were the little fish? What was the relevance of them? Were they? Were they? What were they to do with the big fish? Well, they were. Um, were they like looking after or something? I can't remember what he says now. Well, they because were... that guy's catching them at one point, isn't he? Yes, and he's not supposed to be. That's it. Yeah, I think they were there to um, sort of swallow people down through the ice. Uh, they, they, yeah. Yeah. So they, I think they were like. I'm going to try and say this correctly. I think they were like angler fish they were called they're like those fish that live miles below the surface in the darkness so they lure people with the little lights so i think it's the same with humans you know you sort of you notice the lights in the ice and you go and follow it and you're like oh that's intriguing what's that and then before you know it your fish food (laughs) fish food i'm guessing it's related (laughs) fish sticks yeah i'm guessing it's related to that anyway i could be wrong but i think no i think that is right i think that is right yeah yeah um, but yeah, those guys were look mean and baddie like. Yeah, expected. no, I thought they were decent as as um, as side characters. I thought they were pretty decent. I've yeah, they were good contrast yeah. to um, Sutcliffe because Sutcliffe is so pristine in his little blue suit and stuff, and he's so mm. like you said, he doesn't get his hands dirty; he just leaves it to them. So yeah, I thought they were okay. I recognise one of them, and I can't for the life of me place him. Oh really? Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, but they were they were okay. North. Uh Mr. Sutcliffe then, Lord Sutcliffe. Mm. Um the uh the sort of wealthy pompous very, full of himself. Mean bad yeah, he's very full of himself, isn't he? Mm. He's got his smug. Yeah, he's got his master plan worked out and he's quite yeah. quiet and confident. Even if he after he gets a slap off the doctor, he's still quite calm and mm. you know. Uh, he doesn't sort of re- react immediately with with more violence or anything. He's just sat there dabbing his bruise and, yeah, you know, he knows that they're going to be tied up and fed to the fish. But, uh, yeah, I thought he played that really well. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he does. Yeah, um, yeah he's, as I said, this Nicholas Burns guy, he's, um, I wouldn't say he was placed as a similar character, but he is quite good at being that sort of slightly smug, full of himself, you know, hmm. um, person and yeah no i thought he was quite good as i said uh, i think i did expect to see more of him i thought he was going to be like the villain of the piece yeah um which i suppose in a way he was but he was a lot more in the background than, than i was expecting but um i wouldn't say he was underused though um i just think he yeah he, like you said earlier he did the job of giving us the explanation of what was going on and we didn't really need any more from him than that 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. and I thought he was perfectly good in his performance. Yeah, he's quite played it quite unlikable. Yes. Um, he certainly was asking for that punch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, was. I thought he was all right, Nicholas it, Burns. Yeah. yeah, he's a great actor as well. If anyone is a fan of the IT crowd. Oh, is that what he's in? We'll remember him from the workout in where he plays wow. the uh, the the guy that mocks the Irish people. And yeah, if you if you've seen the IT crowd, you know which one I mean. But um, yeah, I thought he was really well. He played that. It's always something a bit more unsettling about a bad guy who plays it very calm mm. and and is not sort of in your face, meany and all that stuff. He's like the guy that's he's like the money guy. Yeah. Who's paying everyone else to do the dirty work sort of thing. And he's quite yeah, it's quite unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. A bit, a bit more effective as a bad, as an evil bad guy when you're calm and collective. Like a yeah, Bond villain. I was gonna say, yeah, because he's not out and out evil, is he? He's just he's just selfishly motivated by money and greed. Yes. You know, yeah. Which is quite unsettling. Um he's just got one it's just got that face. I mean, as I said, I just as soon as I saw him, I was like, I've seen him in things, but I could never tell you his name. Mm. I think he might be in like Benadorm or something like he that. Was. He does yep. he does pop up in shows like that, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a, as an actor, not the character. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but yeah, no, he was all right. I thought he was quite good actually. Uh Nardo. Again, beginning oh, and end. Oh, I liked yep. it in it. I liked it, especially the scene with the vault. Oh, yes. Uh, where it got yep. the knock in, because I was like three knocks, three, three knocks, knocks, and yep. then four knocks at the end. I was like, aha. Da, 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 da. It's not the master, though. It's too, too obvious, surely. It's too I obvious. don't know. I don't know. Four knocks at the end, though, just uh, before the music cut in. I was yeah. like, is that a little hint? Uh, yes. Well, I think everybody thought that. Yeah. You know, well, let's not, you know. Do you know what, mate? For a person who's not seen Doctor Who before, it must be fairly, you know, just amazing to... If you've never seen it and you've jumped on now in Series 10, mm. it must be like, you know, what? because as, as long-term fans, I suppose, we're like, oh, it's it might be the master, it might be this and the four yeah. knocks, you know. No, you know, new watchers have no clue what all that means. No, so it must true, be fairly, true. you know great to be hooked on something new where you're like well, what's this all about what's then this is vault? intriguing yeah, yeah. Mm. but yeah. yeah the vault. i think nardole's performance as well i think matt lucas is surprising a lot of people well, yeah he's surprising me i love him in it it's because a lot of people are still even now they're still like oh he's just the comic relief and but i think in this episode he's absolutely not because he gives the doctor a good ticking off i loved that bit you know? it's like it's naughty yeah, and he's really not happy with the. I'm still so looking forward to finding out why Nardole's back and how he knows the Doctor so well, and it's almost, it's almost like a, uh, like a not a father figure or a teacher figure, but he seems to have some level of authority with the Doctor, doesn't he? He does because the Doctor's sort of looking down. He's like, oh, whatever. It's a bit like a because you know last week I. I said about um, I couldn't hear what he calls Nardal under his breath. And a lot of um, listeners told us he actually says, oh, here's mum. So the doctor called him mum. Yeah. I think just in a metaphorical, like, you know, again, as if like he's keeping the doctor in check. Yes. Look out. Here's, you know, his his, um, mum coming in to slap me down again. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, yeah, I I just love the way that the Capaldi interacts with Mm -hmm. Nardal. It makes it's just funny. Um, but it's also interesting, like you said, what is going on there? Why has he got this yep. slightly superiority, is that a word? Superiority over yep. the doctor in terms of telling him he's not allowed to do that. And, you know, it's going to, I guess it's going to tie in with whoever made him 
swear to stay on earth isn't it because he keeps saying you promised and he's what you know why does he care if the doctor keeps that promise so yeah it's funny i, I, I like their their uh, interaction relationship mm-hmm. yeah and it's good that in a way it's good that he's in it just at the beginning at the end because yeah he's there really just to remind us of this larger story arc um which i know has been dangerous before with them off doing this but mm. it, it is quite subtle at the moment it, like it's only in the it's only literally like a, I don't know, two or three minutes of screen time with with Nardo saying like, "Remember your oath" and so on. So we still don't know what oath or promise the Doctor's made. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, and obviously the vault, and we have the knock in and Nardo's. I'm not sure if it's the Master or not, you know, because, well, I don't, I don't know. It could be because the Nardo is physically scared, uh, you know, and quite perturbed, isn't he, about what could be in the vault because it could. He obviously knows. Yeah. He obviously knows. And he's quite terrified when he hears the banging from the inside. Um, so whether that's the... I don't know. It's just... It's, this is really clever because it's not giving us like loads of complicated arc stuff that we've seen in the past. It's just these little nuggets of stuff. Mm. You know, so I'm just intrigued. And I think going back to Matt Lucas, the way he plays it, this stuff in this episode, is I thought it was really well done. He's not... You know, in the, the other two, he's just been there, pop up to go say things like, oh, that's nice. You know, yeah. and just that, those little comic one-liners. I think we've, we're seeing a bit more of him now. So we're going beyond just the, you know, the, the little comic relief stuff. I think I, I definitely want to see more of Nardal in the series. I mean, it's it's quite nice that they've kept him in just these little key scenes up until now because mm-hmm. it makes me want to see more of him. I think if we'd have had too much of that sort of chipping in with the sly comments, it might have got a bit annoying. But I'm I'm ready for him to join them on an adventure at this point. Yes. Um. I yep. don't know. He didn't feature much in next week's trailer, so I don't know if he goes. I don't know if he's in next week's very much. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, well, this for knock knock. Knock knock. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see much of him in the trailer, so yeah. perhaps not. But I'm definitely ready for for him to go on an adventure with the two of them now. Yes, um, just to see that that interaction between the three of them, I think it would be quite good fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's terrified actually when the does. vault's banging. Is when someone's banging on the vault, like he's properly bricking it, and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. wait to find out what's in there. Yeah. Um, Bill then. Bill. Smashing it. She is absolutely yep. continuing to shine. I love her as the companion. She's great. I think this is the first time we've seen her in that upset, mm. uh, not distraught, but sort of really upset, slightly confused as to the Doctor's reaction to things. I think in the first couple of episodes, she's been very upbeat and quite lively, even when things aren't sort of going her way. She's not broken down or she's burst into tears or anything like that. I think this is the first time we've seen her really upset and really thinking, you know, like who is this person really that I'm traveling with and who is, mm. you know, what, what's the consequence of this, you know, cause, cause she does make this, they do play on the whole time travel thing, don't they? And yeah, the butterfly, you know, butterfly, oh, the butterfly bit at the start. You know, yeah. I think that's a, an homage to something, isn't it? If a butterfly flaps its wings in central park, then thousand years later, the effects will be, felt somewhere so it sort of plays on that a little bit you know she's mm. she's thinking about that so um yeah and and she's probably thinking you know what else is going to happen because obviously a, a young lad's already died you know what's you know what's all going on so but the way that she played that 
And there's that funny bit as well. And I'm not, some people have been divided on this. Some people like it. Some people thought it was out of place, really. But the when they question that guy in the, you know, in the in the shipping yard where they're cutting up all the poop, and oh, yeah, yeah. the doctor sort of flashes his psychic paper and he's crushing that guy and you know they're really winding him up aren't they he doesn't know it but you know bigging his ego up and he's loving it so he's spilling all the beans yeah and uh and he's explaining about this poop and what it does and then the last bit where he says it even burns underwater and bill's like no shit and then oh it cuts, yeah yeah you know no shit <laughs> you know and then it cuts to you know the next scene what just i thought it was really funny I don't know about you, yeah. mate. No, I did. Yeah, I thought it was, it, like you said, again, the editing spot on and it just, you know, it was, um, yeah, I thought it was good. It was fun. It was fun. And that, that, that's another... It's the sort of thing we might say, isn't it? You, you know, yeah. Yeah, before I edit it out. Bef- yeah. Or put a bleep <laughs> over it or whatever. Um, yeah. But no, I thought that was a good range from her as well. Mm. Considering some, some of the things that you mentioned about her in the pilot as well, that she's quite inexperienced with TV work. Yeah, not spent much time in front of the camera, but you wouldn't know it. Again, you would think that she's a seasoned actor because we have like funny, we have happy, we have determination, we have real, you know, being quite upset. You know, we have a good range from her in this. She's very natural, isn't she? Mm. She's very natural in her expressions, which surprises me because she's come from the theatre and you tend to exaggerate all your facial expressions in the theatre, obviously, because you're on stage and you've got to get it across yeah. to the audience. So it surprises me how subtle she is um, in terms of her performance, because she is very natural. Like her reactions, it's as if she's really immersed herself in the parts, as if she she just seems to genuinely believe everything that's going on around her. Like yeah. Her performance mm. is very natural. Um, yeah, and I, like you said, I thought that, you know, Capaldi is a very good actor, and you've got to step up to the plate if you're going to play opposite someone like that mm-hmm. and she's really done that she's really yeah, you know yeah. she's really sort of on the level with him when it comes to scenes that require a good standard of acting she's right up there with him um yes. you know especially that scene we, we were talking about earlier so for me she's oh, she's just yeah she's becoming an a great companion uh, yes. really likable um and she you know, is one of the main reasons I'm just loving this series. I'm not, she, I wouldn't say she's carrying it because that's, you know, there's a lot else in there I like, but she's definitely a major part of why I can't wait now for each week. I keep thinking, yes, Doctor Who's on this Saturday and I'm really looking forward to seeing the Doctor and Bill again. That's what it is, isn't it? It's, it's, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see those two together again. And um, whereas with clara i never i don't think i ever really felt like that i never sort of thought oh i'm looking forward to seeing the doctor and clara on an adventure this week i (laughs) I genuinely never felt that much affection for the two of them together whereas these two i really do i look forward to seeing them every week to see you know where they're going to go what they're going to do yeah you know so yeah and that's a big part of that it's down to her yeah Yeah. no i think any of the concerns or worries we had have fizzled away she's Mm. she's great um capaldi brilliant yeah just great just, as usual he's yeah. just he's just excellent um yeah as i said that that little scene that little speech was just beautiful mm-hmm. that he delivered um and he's uh, he's working so well with pearl um uh, also there was a little scene one there where he's trying to be down with the kids i thought that was quite funny because not <laughs> because of what he was saying 
but the fact that he actually thought he was being so cool. Oh, it was right. just this oh, right, like, yeah, almost yeah. like smug little waddle of the head of, yeah, yeah, they think I'm really cool. And we're all thinking, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't even know what you're on about. Um, you know, little scenes like that. Um, he's, yeah, loving, loving Capaldi's doctor at yeah. the moment. Really, really loving him. And again, a big part of that is the interaction with Pearl. Um, I just think they work great together. They're a good team. Yes. It, it's yeah. hard to, um, it's kind of hard to review Capaldi because it, we, we just end up saying, you know, similar things when he's on form mm. or, or more accurately when he's been written well. Yes. Um, yeah. And that is, he's just great and fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's far, it's hard to find critique when someone's just really, really settled in now. You can, it's plain to see, isn't it? That, in this series so far he's just really found his doctor and how he wants to play it and the fact that it's helped along with the interactions with bill like you say mm. it's just so great to watch and you do look he, forward to it he 100 percent feels like the doctor to me now that mm -hmm. might sound a bit strange but he just absolutely feels like the doctor there is no like you know so far i i, I think you'd agree with me that the writing for him has been good it's been pretty consistent. You know, he yes, has his little so moments when he's mm -hmm. a bit spiky, a bit first doctorish. Um, he has some nice humorous moments. He has the sort of cold hearted emotion, the alien in him. Um, and he, yeah, I don't know. He, he seems a lot more consistent, um, so far this series. And, uh, and I, yeah, I just keep thinking he is the doctor. He really has encompassed that part now. Um, yeah, just don't don't want him to go. But I'm not going to keep saying that. But I keep thinking it. Let, I gen, I just keep thinking it every episode. But I I mustn't keep saying it. But no, I do. No. I just when he was when he was trotting down the stairs off on his adventures, I was thinking, oh, I love this doctor. You know, <laughs> I'm loving him. But yeah, yeah. Don't want to keep saying the same thing. But oh. Let, let's enjoy him while he's here. Yeah. 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 All right. Anything you want to mention? Oh, Murray Gold. Me. I thought Murray Gold's music just very quickly um very light no mm. huge big themes apart from the um you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the normal thing when we get into some running but otherwise quite subtle actually no big fanfare no. no big theme it was quite suited to this yeah i liked his music um he's got this um he's got this bit piece of music that he sometimes plays it reminds me of the music from new tricks when they're it's just a nice subtle bit of um sort of electric piano music you know like when they step at the tardis it's a very sort of like hide um ding, 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 ding. Yes. you know it's just a, yep. it's just in the background just keeping the rhythm of the episode i always think it just reminds me of new tricks whenever they get out of the car and they're about to question someone a bit of music very similar goes ding, <laughs> ding. it's just it's just keeping the episode rolling yes. without being intrusive so uh yeah no complaints about murray this week no. he's um he's still doing a very fine job on this series yes yeah indeed anything you want to mention mate before we go into our scores no not really no i think we covered it buddy yeah i can't remember whose turn it is to go first I'm... i think it's me yeah let's go with that then i'm not sure um I, i'm gonna put this on par with um uh the pilot 
because I really enjoyed the pilot. Um, and I think I gave Smile 7, didn't I? So I'm going to go up again slightly. Yeah. Um, it's not quite an 8 for me. I'm not sure why, but 7.5, and that is a very strong 7.5. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's on some par with the pilot. So, yeah, 7.5 for me. Uh, we're playing Snap once more. Are we? Oh, yes. I thought you might go for an 8. No, uh, mm. 7.5. I think, it's, um, I think it, is bet- it is better than Smile marginally but mm. i would say yeah it's pretty much on par with the pilot i think it's uh just great storytelling yes just great yeah stuff yeah very very enjoyable to watch yeah Indeed. but it just was quite light i mean i can't quite go to an eight because i consider an eight to be something very um i don't know just has to have that extra something to be an eight and it's not quite up there with it but it was a very good episode i thought yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did our listeners think? Let's kick off with um, a couple of audio reviews. This is Joe Sweeney. Hello again, Adam. Hope you guys are well. They're nice. Wow. I can honestly say I very much enjoyed this episode. It's much more better than last week. The story was, was dark in detail and, and there were some scary moments. And I liked the beast underneath the Thames. It was very well thought of. And I loved the Doctor and Bill and how their relationship deepened and 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 how it got put to the test and and also uh, and Bill finally realizing what the doctor doctor's life really is and what and what she's letting herself in for and I liked how Bill was asking the doctor questions like has he killed anyone and the doctor was being so cold and heartless towards her when that after that boy got dragged under the ice and that sums up Capaldi's um, doctor without a shadow of a doubt and there's a perfect balance in the series that he's dark and light-hearted all mixed in together and and for me it's it's worked so I really hope Morphe keeps this up um Capaldi and Pearl were their performance was brilliant and I thought the doctor punching Lord um, so-and-so can't remember his name um, felt a bit out of place um, and that's a bit undoctorish. So overall brilliant episode. So I'll give a score of eight and a half out of 10. Lovely. Thank you, Joe. I suppose, I don't know. see, I can see Capaldi's doctor doing it. I, I know what he means about mm-hmm. being a bit undoctorish, but I, yeah, I don't know. Cause, cause 12 or, can we call him 12 because Capaldi's doctor's got that spark it didn't really feel that out of place to me but I know what Joe means yeah yeah Uh, over on Twitter Ollie Tanner says awesome once again uh, great chemistry between the doc and Bill Mm. and a fantastic story 9 out of 10 yes Yes. Um, Etchy uh, yeah, Twitter name at Etchy says uh, oh yeah great podcast guys Uh, loving the series myself so far um this TARDIS crew might not be enough for one series, though. Yeah, um, I feel the same. Yeah, having said that, I'm looking forward to Chibnall um, and what he has to offer, plus new merch. Yes, indeed. Mm. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Uh, Martin Wilf says um, three for three. Oh, he's liking yeah, it. Good. Liking it, yeah. Uh, over on Facebook, um, Joseph Howarth says, really enjoyed this one. Capaldi's brilliant as always. Not much to say other than that. Great story, 8.5. Wow, yeah, yeah, good. Another audio clip. This is Owen Daly. Hello, Garen Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So thin ice. Um, by far, my favourite episode of the series. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was just a stripped-back Doctor Who on an adventure, which is something that I think really works for Doctor Who. It's just fun, easy-to-watch entertainment. 
Sarah Dollett's first script, uh, Face Raven, I think that was my favourite series nine. I thought it was fantastic. And I was a bit worried that this wouldn't live up to my expectations, but I was wrong. She just delivered a fast-paced, action-trilled Doctor Who story, which I really enjoyed. Although the monster, well, it wasn't really the monster, the big fish, I don't think it was developed too well. And I thought the explanation was a bit rushed. I still really liked it, and visually it looked really well. Um, and the true monster of this episode was um, the guy in the blue suit, don't know what his name is, and he was truly fantastically written, and I think I got one of the 12 Doctor's standout moments where he literally stands up to racism and punches him in the face, and I thought that was so impactful and amazing, and something only Doctor Who can do, and it's I think that was definitely my highlight of this episode. And uh, finally, I just want to talk about the part where Bill goes, uh, No, shit! And then she just doesn't uh, finish her words. I thought that was quite funny. Now, it doesn't doesn't seem too fishing in Doctor Who, but I still thought it was quite funny, and I did laugh at it. Uh, and it's something just... It was just a good bit of uh, funny bits in this episode. So, overall, I did really enjoy this, and I will give it an 8 out of 10. Definitely the strongest of the series so far. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Nice one, Harry. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, let's keep the audio train going. This is Loopy Loo. Yes, yes, yes! Three cracking episodes in a row, and I think this might be the best one yet. Some really great Dr. Bill moments. Hurrah for the Dr. Punching Racists! And uh, people are mentioning Pertwee and his Venusian Aikido with relation to that, but I thought the sixth Doctor was a lot more fisticuffs. Anyway, the point being is that it is something the Doctor would do. Not often, but he would. And I'm so glad he did. It was very fitting. Great story. Great cast, great production, just perfect who. I am just so happy. 10 out of 10. Oh, and aside, I am so friggin' excited for David Suchet this week. Woohoo! So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loopy Lou loving Series 10 so far. Yeah, and the six doctor would have had him on the floor, strangling him, I think. Yeah, and a headlock like, and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, back on Facebook, Miles McKenzie. I'm surprised Sarah Dollard is not the next head writer. Mm. Even better than Face the Raven, strong story. Capaldi is great as always. Uh, love the episode and hope that Sarah writes more for who? 9.5. Yes, I'd like to see her write more. Uh, Jake Burtwistle says, high expectations going to this one because of Sarah Dollard's last episode, Face the Raven, and it didn't disappoint. Loved it. Um, again, he says, really like Sarah Dollard. Uh, to write for who again um 8.5 cool sammy satine my fellow aussie and donna fan sarah dollard has done it again beautiful Mm. piece of doctor who uh, that comes remarkably close to perfection like face the raven also yay an elephant (laughs) she gives it eight out of ten uh rob kernick very enjoyable episode well balanced story and characters pacing was a bit odd but nicely put together um also there are some some similarities to the beast below yeah, the 11th Doctor era. Um, didn't quite match up to Smile or the Pilot, but we'll give it seven. Okay, oh, cool. Lewis Palmer, really enjoyed it. Adore Bill and the Doctor. Some nice moments. Overall, pretty darn good, 7.5. Mm-hmm. Callum Granger, I love Bill in this episode. Now that she's realised travelling with the Doctor isn't a game, and I love how yeah. it touched on that subject of slavery and racism. Uh, the funniest moment of the episode was when Bill said, no, SH, but got cut <laughs> off. Nine point out of ten. Uh, so, yeah, just 9 out of 10. Uh, Stan Gallagher, enjoyed it. Bill's getting better each week. 7 out of 10. Dooley Johnson, one of the freshest and most brilliant episodes in years. Ian Palmer, a cracking episode. Badum tish. Uh, Jason Thayer, <laughs> excellent story. And Murray Gold's score was fantastic. 8 out of 10. 
Mm. Last audio clip. This is the always entertaining Jay Kent. Hey, Gary and Adam, hope you're doing well. Now, Thin Ice actually answers a lot of questions we as fans have been asking, such as, what if the beast below was set in the past? And, well, that's it really. Sea creature that eats kids enslaved to benefit humanity, but it's set free due to the compassion of the companion? Yep, it's all there. The main villain, if that's what he is, was introduced as quickly as he was killed off. The side characters had very little to them, and we were expected to care for when the Doctor passed on the evil rich person's wealth to an urchin kid who said one muffled word. Don't get me wrong, it's definitely rewatchable, and there were some beautiful moments between Pearl and Peter, whose chemistry in this, by the way, is something I adore, but I would say it's nice to see an adventure based off a real historical event, but there was very little adventure to it. The plot was quickly solved again by the screwdriver blowing some things up and left an overall dissatisfied and disappointed feel in me. If you told me this time last year I'd find Nardole the best part of the story and that I'd enjoy an episode by Frank Cottrell Boyce more than one by Sarah Dollard, I would have laughed. But still, here we are. I give Knock Off Beast Below a 5.5 out of 10 and, very suitably, I have been a bit cold towards this episode. Oh, stop it. Stop it. You're too kind. Uh, see you next week, lads. <laughs> thank you jay yeah nice one buddy the beast below knockoff elements of it elements what, yeah 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 nice one anything on the geek's handbag page buddy uh yes i did thank you to everyone who commented i really enjoyed reading through all your thoughts um we, we got over 30 comments so i haven't got time to read them all out but what i will say is that the those are all well every comment was positive which is very unusual. Like, didn't have anything bad. Um, everyone was giving it between eight and ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people saying it's the, their favourite episode so far. I had uh, four or five comments just saying this is the best of the three. So overall, amazing reaction to this episode. Um, as I said, thank you for commenting. I do love reading them each week. What I am going to say though is I did put out a poll out, which I do every week on Twitter. Um, just asking what people would rate the episode, and three percent said poor. 6% said average, 38% said good, and 53% said excellent. So ah. it just seems, apart from our good friend J. Ken, it seems the overall reaction to this story um, was overwhelmingly a big thumbs up. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's what we need. Yes, which is great. <laughs> I think we're going to do that, mate, for 140. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for episode 140. It's been awesome. And I would say the reaction to Series 10 so far has been really positive, really good. Oh, let's hope it continues, mate. So let's keep it going. Yeah. Yes. Uh, our review for Knock Knock will obviously be with you on the next show, next Friday. Yeah. Um, but I'm very intrigued about that one. I think I'm hoping it's got one of those cool... Uh, creepy, scary vibes that I love about Doctor Who. Yes, I'm looking forward to this episode very much, and I will be watching it live. Will be. Oh, you're not away anywhere. You're not, I'm not swanning no. off to. No, you know, I'm not swanning off to um, Vegas Paris. somewhere in Europe. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did they film Doctor in Vegas? No, no, I'm not going there. What will happen is uh, you'll have a power cut, mate, like 30 seconds before oh, it's no, meant to go on. Imagine, yeah. Yeah. So, some things just you're doomed not to watch who live 
Uh, also, it will be really interesting to hear uh, your thoughts on this um, special audio mix, this binaural uh, uh, version that goes out on iPlayer at 10 mm. past 8. So we'll be asking for your thoughts on that if you check it out as well. Uh, but anyway, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes on there. Plus, you can link off to all the social stuff, and it's got links to iTunes and all that stuff. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you give us a rating and review, that would be fantastic. And we did have a few new ratings and reviews come through in the last few days, and they're really nice. So thank you so much for that. It helps us out loads. Uh, remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Just do a search for The Geek's Handbag on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and everything. Uh, you'll find Adam's stuff on there. Great videos from Adam. Really entertaining. Um, it's just... And I've just thrown something across my desk. Uh, it's really cool just to lose yourself for an hour watching all of yes. Adam's vids. It's very, very cool. Uh, the next one coming up will be your hurried, busy review of locations in Paris, right? City of Death locations. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to rush it. I don't know when it'll be out because I want it to be perfect. But perfect. yeah, that'll be the next vid. Yeah. Cool. Right, yo. Enjoy Knock Knock on Saturday. We will see you next week. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Yeah. <laughs>